come together. Thanks for listening to the KC Morning Show. Everything's running smoothly. Right, Chip. It's your KC Show, baby. What's the word, Kansas City? A happy Monday to the KC Morning Hoes. Took the last couple days off last week. My bad. I was busy. Had to open up a wrestling venue, and it was dope as hell. All good things flowing to the city. Go check out all the recap videos at Journey Pro KC. The main event of night two. I will tell a quick story. It was amazing. So we're getting ready for the main event, crowning the first ever Journey Pro champion, and the power goes out, right? Because this was that crazy storm that went through the area this last weekend. So the crowd, the Journey Pro faithful, love you, Kansas City. They pull out their cell phones, and we just do the damn match. They light up the entire arena, and we have our main event. Crowning our first ever champion. A moment I will never forget. So definitely check the socials for that. So I apologize. No show Thursday or Friday if you're trying to figure out what's going on in my feeds. Where are the shows? There's no shows. There were, in fact, no shows. But on the show today, we're going to catch up with some friends. Henry Martin, he is running for Congress in the Missouri 6th Progressive U.S. Army Vet Blackfella. Like this man a lot. So we will hear from Henry Martin on the show. And then we wrap with some music on a Monday. We do music like every day, but you know what? The alliteration still plays. Nathan Corsi back on your KC Morning Show. He's got new music. In fact, we're going to premiere two of them, two world premieres. You've heard him in all kinds of bands. He's in Not A Planet. Every year they do a big David Bowie tribute. He's in that. He's been on many a marquee in Kansas City, so I'm excited for us to catch up with my boy. Nathan Corsi. Other than that, rate, review, subscribe, do that thing you do if you can. Kitty uh, has a death in the family, so if you could send some good vibes her way, much, much appreciated. Back in your feeds tomorrow, Kansas City, I love you. It is a good day to be a Kansas City. Always conditions so ideal. We'll see you in the morning. Bye. That creed. A creed at the core of every American whose story is not yet written. Yes, we can. The KC Morning Show. Back on your KC Morning Show, it is Henry Martin. He is running for Congress in Missouri's 6th Congressional District. Henry, remind us, what area is that? Well, Hartzell, it is uh, basically northern Missouri. He's a U.S. Army veteran, math teacher, lifelong public servant, and he's running for Congress. My friend, welcome back to your KC Morning Show. Give us some updates. Well, we're we're learning a lot, uh, getting out among the people. People are still a little reluctant coming out. COVID seems to still have a little bit of a hold on the district. Uh, everybody's worried about the same thing. You know, uh, inflation's hitting everybody pretty hard. The economic news, actually, we're getting an in-your-face look at how the good economic news does not necessarily translate to folks on Main Street. There are lots of uh, factors that go into inflation, gas prices, and all that stuff. But, you know, everybody's concerned about the same thing. What am I going to do if I get sick? What am I going to do about this inflation? So what do I have to give up to get that medication that I need? Well, I will say we're still standing firm with the pillars of the campaign, healthcare, justice, and our democracy. Obviously, healthcare for a good reason, but when we get into the into the justice arm of the campaign, it's really a 
very broad spectrum of things that we're talking about when we talk about justice. We're talking about social justice. We're talking about environmental justice, economic justice, and looking at justice within our criminal justice system. But we can talk about the social and the economic justice because those are two things that are really, really big right now. When you think about who's getting hit the hardest with inflation, it's the people with the, the least amount of money, least amount of disposable income between paychecks. So we can talk about the minimum wage all we want to. Several states have taken the initiative. Here in Missouri, I know we had to do it by initiative petition because our politicians in Jefferson City just wouldn't do it. We're seeing more unionization across the country. And uh, I think those things are, are going to get us the economic justice that we need. We need to get the minimum wage situation out of the hands of politicians in general. I can recall uh, Bernie Sanders had proposed having an independent commission to evaluate the, the minimum wage. That'll help get some more money in people's hands. I do realize that it is a driver of inflation when you have too much money in the system. But the question always has to be why? It's odd how when we do things to help regular people at the federal level, those things are always not recommended. And we see things like price spikes. When we had the child tax credit, for example, last year, that's when we started to see these price spikes because working families had a little bit more money. It actually lifted thousands of children in Missouri and millions of children across the country out of poverty. You know, up north, that child tax credit. I mean, that is one step closer to that perfect union, in my opinion. And so many folks try to knock it as some leftist, socialist, whatever. But, you know, I feel like even the folks up north, the perception is that they lean more towards the center. You know, I had a lot of friends up north. They were absolutely on board with this. They didn't care about where they were on any kind of meter, left, right, center. They got money for their family because of this child tax credit. That is absolutely true. The child tax credit actually does a lot to help working families who are, are literally piecing it together as they go. We can go through the whole list of things. You know, the average family is one major illness or injury away from complete and total financial ruin. We see it over and over and over again. We see it play out all the time. I do understand that, that all of this coincides with us coming out of a global pandemic and the supply chain has been disrupted to the point where we, we have uh, we're having a hard time getting certain things from overseas. You know, and people want to jump on the bandwagon and say, well, if we made things in America, we wouldn't have this problem. And there's a part of that that is true. And then there's a part of that that's a little bit more complicated. As I've spoken to people that, that are captains of industry and that have, that have worked in specific areas, they talk about that there are certain places where there are certain things that are manufactured in those places for a reason. I'm gonna use China because everybody likes to jump on China. But the reality is that the one of the reasons why most of our circuit boards are made in China is because the bulk of this particular ore that circuit boards are made from is actually found in China. So they mine it, refine it and produce. At the end of the day, I don't know that Americans are completely prepared for the sticker shock for some of those things if we quote unquote made them in America. Use circuit boards for a good example. We would have to purchase the ore from China because that's where the ore is made. And then that ore would either have to be refined there or refined here. So there would be a little bit of a sticker shock for the cost of a, say a home computer or even your cell phone to manufacture a lot of those things here. That's where we get into the real tough part of this. We are a global economy. And as a global economy, I think people need to 
understand that there's cooperation that has to happen between nations. It seems so much that everyone's fighting for the same thing, but we're fighting each other to get to that thing that we could be getting so much quicker and more efficient together. You know what I mean? I guess, how do you harness that energy into a way that is coalition building and getting actual policy made? And, you know, and that's the hard part. Sometimes people talk about, you know, I hear candidates across the country talk about being fighters. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to fight for this. I'm going to fight for that. Um, Well, we can choose to use the word fight, but I I think that that basically says that we're not open to any other position other than ours. If we use the word, we're going to build coalitions so that we can make things together, so that we can make all this better for everybody. That will go a lot further than than going with a combative attitude from the giddy up. So if I'm fighting for issue A and another candidate is fighting for issue B and we disagree, but we're not going to budge in our position, then we don't get anything done. I give you our current Congress. So much of our our, our politics is so polar right now. I want to see us be able to bridge some of those gaps. But everybody's looking for ideological purity. Our Republican colleagues are so busy looking for that ideological purity to the point where they're ignoring the fact that we're not governing. The only thing I anticipate Congress getting done for the rest of the year are budget bills. There are so many pieces that we're going to miss because of the inability to get together and actually govern. So I'm on your Twitter. You said that Missouri is not a red state. Missouri is a voter suppressed state. Part of your campaign is trying to save this democracy when we do have a faction that is just fascist at this point. That's just reactionary. So break that down. When you say Missouri is not a red state, it's a voter suppressed state. Can you explain that? Voter suppression is a real thing. And one of the byproducts of gerrymandering is voter suppression. So what's happened is Missouri has been gerrymandered to the point where there are people that just don't even come to the polls right now because they're like, what difference does it make if I go? They've already selected who's going to be my representative. And so our challenge has been try and ignite those people that didn't come. If we we look at the last gubernatorial race, if memory serves correctly, it was 57-43, the difference between uh, Galloway and Parson. That means that we have, essentially, we'll just use round numbers, a 60-40 split. So, but we don't have that in our representation. We are overwhelmingly Republican at the state level and overwhelmingly Republican at the federal level. Uh, and it's because what's happened is you've managed to gerrymander out the voices of people across the state. As time goes on, people lose interest in voting. And then you get the news media reporting over and over again, well, Democrats are going to lose. Democrats can't do this. Democrats can't do that. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. In the end, as you get this bad news that keeps coming down, so now candidates like myself and other candidates across the state run into difficulties funding their campaigns simply because we've gerrymandered the Democratic Party out of competition in Missouri. Through initiative petition, the people got through the Clean Missouri Act that would have cleaned a lot of this stuff up, the partisan gerrymandering in Missouri. It would have been a model bill across the country. But instead, the Republicans said that the voters didn't know what they were voting for. So they put a ballot measure on in 2020. And they said, well, see, look there. Voters didn't want that after all. There are lies being told. And gerrymandering is basically voter suppression. And I'm so happy you're saying this. We need to call it out. And folks like Sam Graves are doing this. Yes, Listen, if you've got to have your seat gerrymandered, then you're not serving the people. You're not serving everybody. 
you're serving somebody else's interest. If that's how you have to win, if you can't win an election straight up based on your work in Congress and what you plan to do in Congress, then why are you there? Who are you serving? That's the question that people need to ask. Who are our representatives serving if they don't have to work? It's not just Republicans. I want you to know that. And I don't like gerrymandering across the board because it, it really does. It takes away the people's the people's voice and the people's right to self-governance must not be infringed. If people would fight as hard for voting rights in this country that they do for the Second Amendment, we'd probably have a much calmer electorate. But as it is, we would prefer to fight for our guns, but we don't fight for our neighbor's right to be heard in the halls of the State House and Congress. I feel like you and I, we could talk for hours. Before I let you go, though, sir, you have been very vocal on social media about what's going on in Ukraine, the uh, Russian invasion there, critical of Sam Graves, who, you know, just four years ago was trying to hold back military aid to Ukraine. The floor is yours, sir, just as we kind of wrap up here. Your thoughts? Well, the unfortunate part of the situation in Ukraine is just, well, as you said, four years ago, we had an individual who would basically have underwritten the invasion of Ukraine and not bat an eye. And he actually tried to withhold aid to Ukraine. And Mr. Graves was one of the people that was involved in the questioning of whether or not we should even be sending that aid. Democracy is, is a very fragile thing. And it's very messy because it involves people coming together to come to a consensus on how to govern the masses. Leaders like Vladimir Putin, they don't really care too much for democracy because it slows them down. They have an agenda to make their money. They have an agenda to uh, help their friends make money. That is one of the controls that the framers actually tried to put into the Constitution so that you wouldn't uh, take advantage of your position just to get wealthy. But unfortunately, that alas, that has not been, we have not been successful at that either. There are those who would say, let's do more in Ukraine. I think that the seriousness of the situation in Ukraine is going to, uh, we're going to have to have a, a very serious conversation before too long about Ukraine. What's the limit? There are those who would say, let Ukraine fall. We just need to pull back all of our aid and whatnot. Funny how we always have money for perpetual war. And I agree with that. I get angry with that. When it comes time to help our people, we never seem to have the, have the money. And of course, we never have the money to uh, help those veterans when they come home. We have got to have some serious discussions about how we do these things, what we're going to do to defend a democracy. The people of Ukraine deserve an opportunity to defend their homeland, and we will do everything we can to support that. I am 100% behind President Biden, and as he continues to, to tighten the levers on Russia, there should start to be some relief. But right now, we're at a stalemate. He said democracy is messy and you're running for Congress to be a part of this mess. <laughs> Why? Because sometimes, sometimes people have to stand up to serve the greatest good possible. Uh, when good people sit by and do nothing, when bad people are doing bad things, the good people are just as culpable for the bad things that the bad people are doing. So I consider myself a pretty good person. I believe that our government can do more to help its people. So I'm not going to sit by anymore and just continue to watch as we continue to have this race to the bottom on taxes. I don't know if people are really up on current events. Rick Scott has actually proposed a tax increase for, I believe, about 95 percent of America because he feels like people need to have more, quote unquote, skin in the game. And if the people at the bottom of the rung aren't paying taxes, 
then they don't have enough skin in the game in his mind. People don't seem to get that every time they cut taxes in one place, they raise a fee in another. So basically, they shift the burden of taxation from the people who can most afford it, which are the very, very wealthy, when we have billionaires racing to space, but we have people here in America that work for those billionaires that can't afford a home, they can't afford transportation. This is a problem. Henry Martin, he is a U.S. Army veteran, math teacher, and a lifelong public servant now running for Congress in Missouri's 6th Congressional District. Henry Martin for Congress.com. Henry, what can we do? Where can we go? We all got to get messy together if we're going to do this thing. So let's do it together. That's right. We need help. We need you to stop by my website at HenryMartinCongress.com. Take a look at the campaign. Drop us a donation. Tell your friends. Forward our links. Retweet us when we say something that's good that needs to be heard. Follow me on Twitter at HM for Congress. I'm trying to do the TikTok thing. We're just we're just getting a little slow out a little slow out of the gate. How do my campaign manager talks about the, the the TikTok algorithm? And I'm like, um, dude, I'm I don't know what to do here. <laughs> You're just here to pop, lock, and drop it, Henry. That's your job. Your job is to pop, lock, and drop and save democracy. <laughs> yes, sir. That's the plan. August 2nd, Kansas City. If you're up north in the Missouri 6, let's bring it home. Henry Martin, thank you, my friend, and we're going to have you back on soon. All right. Thanks, Hartzell. Appreciate your time. Your style is unorthodox, but effective. The KC Morning Show. Hi, everybody. We hope you like a little pop-up recording studio that we made last night. Thanks for letting us invade.
My brother is back on your KC Morning Show. You have heard Nathan Corsi in many different outfits around Kansas City and beyond. Nathan Corsi in the Perfect Strangers. He is the front man of one of my favorite all-time bands in Kansas City, Not a Planet, who you will be seeing later this month. And my guy has new music on the way. It's been a long time coming, even since the before times, but it makes this time that much sweeter. Because they are done. They are mastered. We're going to hear the world premiere on this show. Nathan Corsi, my brother, I love you. Welcome back, man. Marcel, thanks very much, man. Thanks for the warm introduction. It's uh, it's going to be talking to you again. For all the times that you have warmed my heart through the gift of song, Nathan Corsi, that's the least I could do was give you a warm intro, brother. How you doing, man? Fill us in. Uh, doing pretty good. I'm excited about all the uh, all the things coming down the pike. We've got some new Not A Planet shows coming up. May 28th is going to be our next show. I believe we're at the Record Bar. You can check for details of that on Facebook. And then I've got, also as you were saying, a brand new record that is finally finished that we started, like you said, in the before times. I'm just really excited to get the music out there and to get it in your hands and everybody else's and uh, start pushing this digital release. These tracks, they've been, you know, your baby for a while now. And so I'm curious if the prolonged perspective, <laughs> did it add anything maybe that you didn't even expect to these tracks when you started, you know, back in 2018, 2019 to now? I did see these songs go through a lot of changes. Some of them are really minimal, like, you know, just just kind of like a slightly different arrangement of things. But there were songs on this record that got like full lyrical rewrites, you know, at certain points, um, you know, whole melodies changed and things like that. It really, it really was a huge process. And it didn't feel like they got overworked because a lot of things, you know, we just captured, you know, what they were at a time and it felt great. It sounded great still. But there were some things that, you know, having the time and not really a lot of pressure for a deadline, so to speak, after a certain point, you know, it overall really added to the songs in the whole album. Bang goes the gun and everyone looks out the window too modest and humble of a person to say this but you have one of the best voices i think in the history of kansas city just so you know that you've got a lot of material out there you know what gets you excited this go around what's your vibe this time i've really embraced a lot of a lot of my influences uh growing up and and kind of wore them on my sleeve very like uh 60s brit pop love that's in it and sort of like not really pigeonholing myself into writing like a specific kind of music also played into that too you know this was more exploration of like the different kinds of things that i've been into and just the way that they have the you know the way those influences show up 
in this record, not necessarily as focused as some of the Not A Planet records have been where, you know, like People Proud of the Strange was a concept album and I was doing something very specific there. Like this was just a little bit more freeform and I got to explore different things and try some new things out. All right, Nathan, let's play one, yeah? Can you tell these folks about a little song called Shangri-La? You know I love this song. I know, man. Yeah, it's this is one that I'm really proud of. The theme of the song is kind of going to like a wonderful mythical place, you know, Shangri-La, as it is. This was sort of written more regarding the refugee crises that we have faced in very recent history, you know, up to now and continuing. It's too bad that history keeps rhyming, but, you know, we're seeing a resurgence of refugee crises around the world right now, especially with, you know, Russia's war in Ukraine. It unfortunately continues to be relevant, but this is... um this is a song kind of imagining the plight of refugees and, and, you know, what it must feel like to need the help of like powerful countries like, you know, the United States and, and what that really looks like on, on our end and practicality. Shangri-La, Sunday Casey Morning Show. For the gates of Shangri-La Six hundred nights I dreamt in darkness Of the photographs I saw And when I laid my eyes upon Where the truth was on the wall For some there is no refuge In the land of Shangri-La
Corsi. God damn it. You are so good at the music and stuff. That's beautiful. You are amazing. <laughs> Do we have a timetable yet when we might be getting this new music out? I would like to say that within the next month or two, we're going to begin releasing this stuff. We do also have some additional tracks that uh, we recorded some video to go with as well, live in studio at our lead guitar player's house, uh, Chris Beck's house. We might be dropping some of the some of the video stuff early on um, that was a little bit uh, less formal. We have the amazing Steve Gardell's doing the editing for that, and so definitely, like over the next month, you're going to see um, you're going to see some new content from us, whether it's these specific tracks hopefully uh you'll be hearing hearing this stuff more and more on the radio leading up to the actual release of this and i will make sure to keep everybody posted on the hard timeline when we get it we got a show on the 28th not a planet doing the damn thing yeah let's go that's right may 28th uh not a planet's coming back we're gonna be playing a show at the record bar right now in kansas city uh you can catch me every wednesday at the pairing in the crossroads i i do something called sounding board and we get to have uh other songwriters that I like and get them to come in and play a set. I open things up with 45 minutes. You know, I'll do a mix of covers and originals. Uh, it's a really great low-key time for anybody looking for that during the week. And you can always check out my entire public schedule on NathanCorseyMusic.com. I'm so proud of you. I can't wait for these folks to hear the rest of the record. How many tracks are we talking about? Uh, this is a 10-song record. 10 songs. Let's go. And go see Not A Planet, May 28th, over at the Record Bar. That's right. What are we going to wrap them up with? Nathan, we got one last of the new tracks to close it out. What do you want to send them home with? We're going to send them home on a banger, I think. This one is called State of the Union, and I think it speaks pretty well for itself. State of the Union. Nathan Corsi, my brother, I love you. I'm proud of you. Thanks, Hartzell. I love you too, man. It's, it, it was great to talk with you again. Nathan Corsi, State of the Union. Sign your Casey Morning Show. Enough just to get on life, not 24.